You are listening to the Revive the World Ministries podcast. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.org or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. So before before we go any further, I just felt like I felt like during worship I could feel some hopelessness, almost to the point of wanting to give up. And um, so I just want I want to pray for a minute. I'm not going to ask you to stand or lift your hand or anything. If there's an area of your life where you have hopelessness to the point that you feel like you felt like giving up recently, I felt like God's going to release grace in this moment. And that that Second Corinthians twelve, where Paul is talking about the thorn in his flesh, and he's and and God basically tells him, "My grace is sufficient for you; that my strength is made perfect in weakness." That in this season, you're actually going to find out that His strength is made perfect in our weakness when we realize that I can't do this uh, in my own strength. Because I feel like that that some of the hopelessness and the wanting to give up is an indicator that it's been that you've been trying to do it out of your own strength and not dependent upon His grace, which is the process that we are all going through in some form or fashion of being more dependent upon Him. Like you're in good company with the rest of us that have wanted to give up at something at some point or several hundred times (laughs) throughout our lives, right? So Father, we thank You for Your grace. Yeah, Holy Spirit, thanks for releasing the grace the grace of the Father in abundance in this moment for every person that needs it, that's felt like giving up, felt like quitting in this season. Yeah, for every one of us that need it, we just receive it. Yeah, it's just by faith. Just receive it by faith. And we thank you that, that your strength is made perfect in our, in our weakness. And so thank you that this grace that you're releasing for every person that needs it, is going to result in a greater dependency upon you. Resting, trusting, believing, ultimately just abiding in you. Yeah, we thank you for it. Father, I just release peace right now too. And thank you for the supernatural hope being released. Just an infusion of hope coming to replace the hopelessness. And a fresh perspective on the situation, your perspective, on whatever situation's going on, not with natural eyes, but with, with spiritual eyes, being able to see that current situation that looks hopeless from our perspective, but from yours it doesn't. Yeah, so thank you for granting access yeah, to your perspective in this moment. Just felt like even in this moment, you get a, a glimpse of what the Father is seeing right now, of how He sees your situation. Maybe you're not so much a seer, but a, a feeler, uh, or just a, a knowing in your spirit, just knowing it's okay, having that peace, or being able to feel the hope rising within you. Yeah, thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Yeah, thanks, Lord. Amen. Yeah, thanks, Jesus. So I want to I talk to you today about revival brings refinement into our lives. You know, last week I talked about rhythms of rest, and this will be a continuation of, of rhythms of rest, or ultimately how I talked about that rest and trust are synonymous, is that when I am trusting in God, I am actually resting in Him, and when I am resting in Him, I am trusting in Him, and when I am doing those things, it results in me actually being uh, in the place that I was created to live from that all of us were created to thrive in every season of our lives. And if I'm currently not thriving in the season that I'm in, it's quite possibly because I'm not resting in Him, because I'm not trusting in Him. 
There's a couple things that I mentioned last week. There's a couple things that we're told in the Bible to do with all our hearts. One of them is to love Him with all of our hearts. And the other one that I only want to find is that we're called to trust Him with all of our hearts. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. There's a reason why God tells us to do things in His Word, right? That it is always for our good. It is not to benefit Him. He knows that when we trust Him, it will actually allow us to live from this place that we were created to to live from in this place of rest, which ultimately is our new nature in Christ. Right? It goes it goes way deeper than just being good. Like the Christian life, we weren't created to just be good people. There's people that are good people that don't know Jesus. <laughs> I've met much nicer people. <laughs> outside of the body of Christ at times than I have within. I've never had a Satanist be mean to me that I've approached and allowed him to, you know, and they've allowed me to pray for him. New Agers, psychics, you name it, pagans. (laughs) I've met people that that are genuinely nice, nice people, right? So that's, that's not, it goes much deeper than that. It's not just being able to be kind to somebody. It is actually about bringing reformation into our our nation and into the nations of the world that brings lasting change on the earth. It goes far far deeper. In this hour that we are currently in, in the body of Christ, there is a desperate need for us to be able to know who we are and ultimately rest in that so that we can bring the transformation and ultimately the reformation that Jesus paid for to happen over 2,000 years ago. Right? <clears throat> it's, it, the refinement is, is getting, getting more and more intense for the body of Christ as a whole. That all things that, that, can, that, all things that can be shaken will be shaken. Right? And... and uh, it says that judgment starts in the house of the Lord first. <clears throat> this is how I see that. That all things that do not line up with who we were created to be and how he has seen us before the foundation of the world, that he is, he is bringing refining fire to be able to, to get rid of those things. And our responsibility to is, is to embrace the process. I need to get this ring off because it's going to continue to be loud and my finger was swollen, so it was hard. <laughs> so this is, there are, there are signs of revival that are, are taking place here. There have been signs of revival just as there are all over the planet. We are seeing it take place. We can look and we see the, the signs, the, the miracles, right? The wonders, the, the tangible presence of God, the people that are getting free. It's it's happening. It's happening here. These are, these are revival in its infancy stage. It, it's like a, a, any fruit tree. You pick one. I hear Bill Johnson use the example of an apple tree. I like, I like apples, so we'll use that. I had a couple out, out back of my house when we were getting ready to build, and unfortunately, uh, Joe Young and I cut them down because they just weren't going to uh, they were too close to the house. One of them was dead. Both of them were actually dead. They'd been there for 60 years, right? They'd been there for 60 years. They weren't producing apples any longer, but they were still apple trees. But when, you no lo- when, when a tree that's supposed to produce fruit no longer produces fruit, what do you do with it? You cut it down. But you know that a tree that it produces fruit also gets cut, but just not cut down so that it produces more fruit. John 15, right? There's pruning that takes place. <clears throat> so I feel like that revival in, in its infancy stage is taking place, and it's like an apple tree that has those small green apples. Have you ever eaten one of those? We did when they were ki- we were kids. Crab apples, right? Because when you're a kid, if it's, <laughs> you'll eat just about anything. <laughs> and they don't taste good. They're not ripe, all right? So that, that's what I, I see happening, is that revival in its infancy stages. So how, how do we continue to steward or take care of that particular, the apple tree and what's, what's taking place? 
And so what I want to talk to you about today is, is how, we take, how we take care of that and in, in increase. Because God only goes, if you look from Isaiah 9 uh, into the New Testament, is that there will be increase of the government of God, and to it there will be no, in His peace, and there will be no end. There's only increase to the government of God, right? And He goes from glory to glory. So there's only increase. If increase isn't happening in my life or in my midst, it's not because of Him. It's because of me. So my responsibility is to steward well what he, is, what he is pouring out. And part of stewarding well is embracing the process and not running from refinement that's taking place in, in my personal life. Let me, let me read some of the Bible to you. I've got a bunch of scriptures today that I might share. We'll see, but I'm going to start in John 15. Because I believe that... So because God's kind... Because he's good, because he's faithful, when he begins to do something um, among a people, among his people, wherever it is on the planet, whether it be here or in the Middle East or in Africa or in South America, he's doing things all over the earth, right? And in every place, what he does is he presents a plan to those particular people, a blueprint, you could call it. And he says, this is what I want you to do to have increase happen in your midst, because, you know, when we first started, what ha- we would get, we'd come into church, you know, Sunday, Wednesday, whatever, anytime we get together, conferences we do, and sometimes the presence and power of God would be extravagant, and sometimes it wouldn't. And then you're just like, I don't know what happened. We'll try again next week. Right? Because sometimes it is just a good try. <laughs> sometimes you're not in what he's doing, you know? It, we're, it happens to everybody. <laughs> But what I used to think is that it had little to do with me and, and just my, I would just pray coming in and say, okay, well, I hope for you to do this today, basically. And if he chose to come like that, he would. And if he chose not to, he wouldn't. I don't believe that way anymore. I believe that he, that we ultimately will get in what he's doing when we are abiding in him and then we will become a container that is prepared for him to pour out more. Because he only is going to pour out more if we are prepared for the more. We were talking about this on Wednesday night. And Owen and I and, and someone else were, were talking about it. Was it John and Joe? There were four of us there. And we've talked. I compare it to prophetic words. If <clears throat> I've seen people get prophetic words over their businesses. Right, prophetic word that increases coming to your business. However that sounds, however that's articulated, ultimately what you gather from it is God is, is going to blow this thing up in a good way. Right? I'm going to get more sales, which means I'm going to get more customers, I'm going to get more traffic to my website or, or to me personally, however you're doing it to my store. And, but let's say two people get that prophetic word. One of them does everything that they need to to prepare for growth, right? They make sure that their website is solid. It can handle traffic, all the, all the sales that it needs to. Uh, they build an infrastructure that is ready to take on more employees and more, more business. They actually begin to prepare for the growth in all of the practical ways. It's always practical. It's practical to make a container for growth. Right? It, they're spiritual principles, but they're practically applied. And so this person prepares, and they are ready. Even though they only have a few clients, and, and maybe they're making you know, tens of thousands of dollars a year, haven't even hit six figures a year. Right? But the word would say that they're going to shoot past six figures a year. But this person, who has the same, business, same type of business, same size of business, and in, in finances... And employees, and this person doesn't do anything with a word. They just say, "Yeah." They get excited and say, "Yes." And the and and then there's no intentionality. There's no practical application of preparation for the word to come. Well, blessing comes to both, right? The word comes to pass for both people, but one it blesses and one it crushes. So then, the one it crushes was that a blessing? You tell me, right? But the person that actually prepared for the word, 
was able to not only get the not only for it to be a blessing to them, but they were actually able to sustain the growth because they were prepared for it. Does that make sense? So would you rather be prepared when God pours out what he's going to? Because he intends for it to be a blessing. A blessing from the, or, uh, from the Lord has no, it has no sorrow with it, is what the Bible says. That means that it's not supposed to hurt me. If it somehow crushes me, it's because I wasn't prepared for it. But I also believe that with that, sometimes the Lord is so good that he will wait until we're prepared to pour a thing out. So, infrastructure is important when we're thinking about God pouring things out in our own personal life and in our ministry. And I'll tell you some of the things that we do behind the scenes that, that nobody sees is build the infrastructure of our leadership. And what's the most important thing that you can do to, to build infrastructure in a leadership team? It's not more training. Leadership training is great, right? Lance said it. Relationship. Because we believe that revival looks like healthy kingdom family, which starts with relationship. But for it to result in healthy kingdom family means that I have embraced the process of what God wants to do inside of me. Because the health part is the key to the relationship is that I need to be healthy on the inside, which means I need to be healthy in my beliefs, which brings me into the place to be able to sustain what God wants to pour out, but not only sustain it, but for there to be increase and so that I can pass it on to the next generation and generations to come. Because this is far bigger than us. It's far bigger than one church, right? Or one denomination or one belief system within the body of Christ, it's going to take all of us to see the earth be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord and ultimately be filled with the glory of the Lord to bring the transformation that the Father paid to happen. It's exciting. Yeah. So the best legacy that I could ever leave is a legacy of good beliefs. I was talking to entrepreneurs about this last week, the week before. I've got the privilege of pouring into these, these young men that are entrepreneurs. And, I, and we've been focusing on their beliefs because they all desire to leave a legacy. They're in their 20s, and they're already thinking about legacy. I thought, man, what am I doing? What have I been doing with my life? <laughs> and so I, it's just I'm in, I'm in awe of God. And it, brings, it gives me a lot of hope. These guys are all over the U.S. and some other U.S. territories and, and a couple of different places in the world. And they're thinking about legacy. And so when you think about legacy in the natural, you think about what can I accomplish and what can I leave. Right? And both those things are, are, are important things to think about. What can I accomplish and what, what can I leave behind to the next generation? But oftentimes, outside of Christ, what we think about is only the natu- in the natural. How, how big can I build my business, and how much money can I, how much wealth can I leave? If some of you have found out that wealth has less, a lot less to do with money than what you thought. <laughs> it's great to leave something behind for your kids, to your kids' as kids, if you can, for them to, to be set up. But if you don't leave actual wealth, which is a better belief system than what you started off with, or even was in the middle, and even maybe better beliefs than what you had towards the end of your life, then the money that you leave behind will be squandered. And the business that you built will not increase, but it will actually be destroyed. Because it will not be able to sustain up under the weight of what's coming next and the things that they will face. It... it, Because the goal is for them to create culture within that business that goes to a higher level than what you created, which means that it needs to go higher in belief so that it can go into a healthier place, so that it empowers the people within those particular places and results in healthy kingdom family for the people that are a part of your business. Apply this to any area of your life. All right? So the best legacy that I can leave would be the one of better beliefs. 
But for me to be able to do that, my intentionality now is vital for them in the generations to come. John chapter 15, verse 1. This is, uh, I think it's the New King James. It says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes so that it may bear more fruit. Have you ever pruned anything? Anybody work in the yard? Y'all work in the yard? I just started working in the yard. Ours was just mud last year. <laughs> Which is just great. I, I wanted, I, I, I had wished at certain times of the process of growing grass, which we still are, that we lived further west so that I could just fill the yard with rock because it would have been easier. Because you know what? I would have got instantaneous results, and I like instantaneous results. <laughs> if you work in the yard, you found out, unless you bought something full-grown and planted it, you didn't get instantaneous results. And Jesus is, is relating that here to an agricultural culture that he's speaking to. They understand what it is to prune something. <laughs> it is a slow process to watch growth happen, but it is an impo- it's important that it be slow because slow growth, in this instance, is healthy growth. So, you, verse 3, You are already clean because the word which I have spoken to you. Verse 4, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch ca- can not bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Jesus is saying, rest, trust, Live as one with me. The reality of oneness. Not just the knowledge of it, but actually live in it. Because if you don't, you'll know when you're not because you aren't producing fruit. Fruit is not just being able to be kind to people. Remember what I said? The goal is not just to be able to be nice. That should be a (laughs) no-brainer. Come on. Jesus saved our lives, gave us grace, mercy. We didn't deserve it. He said we're worth it. And so it should definitely result in me being nice to you. But it goes deeper than that. It actually should result in this love that the world cannot give, but I can give to it so that it draws them into a place of getting to know who he is so that they can in turn know who they are. That's the type of fruit I'm talking about. It's a love that, that nothing, nothing can destroy. Yes, it also is signs, wonders, and miracles. Absolutely, 100%. It's cancer being destroyed. It's, it's people getting delivered from demonic stuff and addictions and marriages coming together, family actually reuniting, reconciliation taking place, restoration of finances and, and people's lives that have lived in poverty mentality for years. It's all, it's all of those things, right? It should result in the supernatural, but there's nothing more supernatural than the unconditional love of the Father that is to come through His sons and daughters. And when Jesus says, abide in me, He's saying, you'll produce this type of fruit, the, the fruit that He produced. When He came up against all of the people that made accusations, that lied about Him, that slandered Him, that beat Him, that spit in His face, and ultimately He laid down His life and allowed them to kill Him. Right, Because that was part of the plan. It was the love you, saw, you see him produce in the Gospels. That's what real love looks like. And so he's saying, abide in me, because when you do, you'll look like me. And Jesus was the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Right, Family looks alike, and you're part of the family. And so we get to look like him. And the only thing that stands in the way of me looking like him is what I believe. Because you've already been born again. Sometimes my beliefs just need to get born again. <laughs> I know mine do. <laughs> Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. That's a good thing to remember. Branches don't produce fruit on their own. <laughs> Without the vine, they're nothing. So you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. What I hear him saying is without me, you can't produce. You can't produce fruit. Don't don't try. Because what it will do is it will wear you out, burn you out, and bring you into a place that even I felt like I started 
started this off with is it, it brings me into a place of, of feeling like I, I just can't, I can't go on. It just results in hopelessness, right? Because I'm trying to live this Christian life. I'm trying to do the things that, that Jesus says I can. I'm trying to, to produce the fruit that he has set an example for in all these things so that I can be a good Christian, right? And all it does is it, res, it results, I, it, ne, it can't last. There's no lasting effect from it. Right, because it's it's not it's not culture that's being created, but it's a show that's being put on, and it only lasts as long as you're on stage. <laughs> I lived my life on stage for Jesus for years, and it's never what He wanted from me. Performing for His love, performing for people, performing for them to like me, performing, trying to make things happen out of my own strength. And the whole time, he was just inviting me into this place of believing that all I needed to do was really just rest and trust and ultimately abide in him. And then I would effortlessly produce this fruit. It's what revival invites us into. God begins, this is how I see it, God begins to pour things out. We begin to see the signs, the wonders, the miracles, and just as that exit sign points to the exit, they all point to Jesus. That's what happens, is they, they point to him. The signs point to him. And because, you know, whether it's Sammy that got healed last week or, or anybody else that's been healed since they've been here or anybody that's been fr- set free. If you've been healed of something or set free of something since you've been here, raise, raise your hand. So in the, the time that you, because you should look around. <laughs> you should look around. I mean, <laughs> right? We, we're, there's like this evidence that Jesus is, is working. When, when that begins to happen, it's, it's a greater invitation into this place of, of abiding. Because what's coming next is the pruning. <laughs> it's, like, it's like when they used to throw the seed out before they would plow. Now they do it different. But before they would throw the seed, right? They would go out in the field, they would throw the seed, and then the plow would come. The, the, they knew <laughs> that when the seed was thrown out, that the plow was coming. <laughs> and there have been seeds of revival that have been planted on the inside of us and in our beliefs, and we're growing in that. We are. And now the plow is coming <laughs> again. <clears throat> and it tills up the ground, right? When the plow tills up the ground, it, re, it results, it, it unearths, it begins to actually make the soil more conducive for those things to be planted and have a healthy crop. Well, guess what refinement does? Is it actually begins to dig things up that we didn't even know we were there. You know why? Because God isn't worried. <laughs> I've looked at my life and, and then things that I get refined through in different processes and been doing this for years and ministering in different places in the world now and seeing God do crazy things, and then I'm going through refinement, and I'm like, I can't believe that's still there. I can't believe you weren't worried about that. <laughs> He's like, uh, nope, not worried. Don't have the ability to worry. <laughs> it's just like they say, compare it to an onion. There's different, there's different layers to it. There's different layers to it. But it's always, there's always progress. It's not, there's never stalling in the process. <laughs> process indicates that I'm actually moving, <laughs> right? <laughs> that I, I'm not supposed to stay stagnant. If, if, there's, if there's not progress in the process, it's because I've stopped, I've stopped allowing him to do what he's, he wants to do. Check this out in uh, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. We were talking about being perfect and complete on Wednesday night. (laughs) How do we come into the perfection that we have received in Christ? Let patience have its perfect work. How does patience have its perfect work? I embrace the, the process of I'm in in life. You say, well, that I feel like it's just the devil always beating at my door or doing whatever. Well, you know what? Various trials and different things that are happening are not always the devil. I think that they're a lot less him than we think they are. 
that sometimes I, I am not negating the fact that there is spiritual warfare. And yes, he does attack people. But I also am not negating the fact that, that God will use natural circumstances that he does not cause that squeeze us. And he says, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, uh, this through this, your beliefs will go higher if you will embrace the process. That this will bring up things in you when you face this situation. Whether it's stress through finances or trying to learn how to parent that unruly child or whatever the new job and the boss that's not treating you right or whatever it is, or you and your spouse or significant other aren't getting along. And, and those things will, all those things are meant to refine us. God does not waste a moment, does not cause bad things to happen, but He will not waste a moment in anything that happens in our life on a daily basis. He will use it to actually begin to refine our thinking. At every single level. It's, it's called the pruning process. <laughs> um, I'm going to read. You don't have this translation, but I just want to read that James, uh, a few verses out of that James uh, 1 in the message. It says, Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. <laughs> <laughs> Under pressure, your faith life is forced out into the open and the true colors are shown. Wow. Right? Because there's not all the acting in the world that can cover that up. <laughs> I found that out the hard way. <laughs> and I found out for years that stress in certain situations, little things, I, I dislike strongly to be late. I think that it's irresponsible and I think it's a waste of people's time. That's what I think. There's things that take zero effort, zero talent, zero gifting to do, and being on time is one of them. <laughs> and so, but I, what happened was, is that God was using that, is what happens is it turned into a fear of me being late. And it actually would add stress to my life. It's insignificant in the grand scheme of things, honestly, right? It didn't have a whole lot of eternal value to it. <laughs> Nobody was going to lose their salvation over me being late. But God was using that, and then I would begin to feel this thing. And, I, and so, and it's stress. And what I've found 100% of the time is that I respond poorly under, great, under stress. <laughs> it isn't that I can't function, because in, in some people's freak-out situations, I, res, I actually am able to operate fine. doesn't mean that I'm not experiencing that. I used to invite high-pressure situations in my life in sports. I loved it. I loved being the person where pressure was applied. It was my favorite thing. But God using all that and saying, look, this, I want to refine your beliefs through this thing that's insignificant. And me realizing that every moment he wants to prune me because there's, for, there's fruit being produced in my life. There's fruit being produced in your life. And now the pruning is coming at a greater level than ever before. We've said things like this multiple times. We've said, God's turning up the fire and refinement. We've said that two or three times. And, and, and then seemingly, there are people that aren't prepared for it, right? And sometimes I haven't been prepared for it because I forget that the Lord spoke it to me and then I shared it with the family and then I just go on about my day like it, was, like a, like a, it wasn't going to include me. Right. <laughs> The more I embrace the process, the more it benefits you. And the same for you. The more you embrace the process, the more it benefits your family. The more it benefits those people that you influence, and ultimately the more it benefits the legacy that you're leaving. That this lifetime will never be just about us or the people that are around us right now currently. It's way bigger than that. What legacy will I leave of beliefs? And so... <laughs> I'm going to read some more scripture to you. Can you take a, a few more verses? How about six or seven? <clears throat> I'm going to read this and then, and then begin to close for the first time. <laughs> first Peter chapter, chapter 1, verse 3. This is out of the NLT. It's, it reads very similar in, in other translations, but... 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. I think I'm going to read through verse 9. The NLT just uses the word trust in here. 
It says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again. <laughs> Come on. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the, on the last day for all to see. Somebody get a hold of that right there, that God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation. If you are scared right now of not being protected, get a hold of verses like this. God is protecting you until you receive the inheritance of your salvation, which in this verse is talking about when you actually transfer from this world into heaven, when you breathe your last. Verse 6, so be truly glad there is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. <laughs> These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is much more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Do you know how they purify gold? Are you familiar with the process? That they turn the fire up so hot that the impurities surface. <laughs> Put your thumb right there on that thought. I'm going to read verse 8 and 9. You love him. <laughs> you love him even though you have never seen him. Though you, though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. That starts to uh, put it into perspective how important trust is, right? It's like the whole Christian life is trust. And then sometimes we wonder, why, why is it that everything that's coming at me seemingly is coming up against how much I trust God? Because that, that's the most important thing that we can have for him. You say, well, love is the most important thing. I would say that you don't have one without the other. In your relationship with the Father, I'll only love him as much as I trust him because I'll only be as close to him as much as I trust him. I'll only function out of my identity as much as I trust him because I'll only rest in him as much as I trust him. They all go hand in hand. <clears throat> so, when your faith remains strong through many trials, yes, the impurities that are surfacing are because of the revival fire that is coming. You can call it rain, you can call it fire. It doesn't matter. It's, it's semantics. It's all the same thing, right? There's different camps of people that like to call it different things. It's, it's ultimately, it's God. <laughs> he's pouring out, right? We're in what he's pouring out. And when it rains, I was ex explaining this to somebody the other day. When, when it rains, I've talked about this since we started in 2013. We were in mom's house. And we began to see this immediately. And the Lord began to show me is that when it rains, the weeds and the grass grow up together. So when you're in the rain <laughs> that the Lord is pouring out, it's not just the good stuff. It's not just the good fruit that's being produced. It's the things that he, that's no longer a part, are not supposed to be a part of our nature and our character anymore. They begin to surface. And when they begin to surface, it's a good thing. It doesn't feel good always, right? Or maybe ever. It's never... It never feels nice to find out that you still have character defects that, you, you know, that don't equate to love. Right? Have you ever felt good when you found that out? I, I've, never, I've never felt just incredibly joyful when I found out that I still had some things within my character that, that weren't lining up with my new nature. Right? <clears throat> and for so many, so many years, I did not realize that it was because we were actually in what God was doing and he wanted to create a container that would be able to sustain not just growth, but reformation in the world. Because revival is always messy. Always messy. 
So it's up to us to embrace the process, not run from it, because you could think that it was just because you were here or in your current relationship or in your current workplace that these things are surfacing. I can tell you that wherever you go, you will be pressed. (laughs) Wherever you go, you will be squeezed. And these things will continue to surface until we embrace the process and allow and allow the pruning to take place because it's a good thing. The Father is refining. He's refining our belief system into a place that we're actually able to not just manage what He's doing. That's not the goal. Not just manage it, but actually add value and and see it increase in our lifetime so that the generations that come will step into everything that He is dreaming for them and that they won't have to recreate the wheel, so to speak, when they, when they actually get the baton passed on to them. And it's our time to just grandfather and grandmother them or our time to go on to be with Jesus. Hopefully a long time from now for me. I'm believing for another 60, another 60 years, really. I don't know why that was so funny, but... <laughs> not that old. (laughs) I think it's reasonable. (laughs) Let me read, uh, let me read this last thing and not to be redundant, but just as a reminder, as we close, the father's, the father's desire is, is to give us more. So he's using every, every little thing to prepare us for more. The little things that are pressing us and coming up against us and aggravating and agitating us are, are, are not just to show us that there's still things wrong with us. Or it's not, there's, it's not for no reason. It's because he's preparing us for more and he is saying, I will use every little thing that seems insignificant because I want to pour out more in your life. I want to pour out more in this family. I want to pour out more in this city. I want to pour out more in this nation. I want to pour out more in the nations of the world. It's his desire. Like, it's his will. This isn't something we dreamed up. We got this from the word. (laughs) So revival is supposed to result in healthy kingdom family. And it does, it does when we abide, embrace the process, and welcome the pruning, and then allow it to happen. It's part of the process. I remember going to school a couple years ago at GSSM, and, and their, whole, their motto for the whole year from the very beginning was embrace the process. I thought, that seems incredibly simple. I figured you'd have something more spiritual than that. You know, some big tagline that was, you know, sounded more like revival. Just embrace the process. And then I found out through the school year exactly why. They said, embrace the process. Because it was going to be my choice whether or not I embraced it. Wasn't something somebody else could pray me into, declare me into, prophesy me into. It was going to be my choice whether or not I actually embraced what God wanted to do in my life so that I could become everything He already sees me as. And it's all about my beliefs. It's all about him pruning bad beliefs so they can be replaced with better beliefs, which will result in a healthy, healthy heart culture, which results in healthy kingdom culture, which results ultimately in what we believe revival looks like, which is which is family. The world is looking now more than ever. There's a more messed up definition of what family looks like in the world today than there ever has been before. Don't get me wrong, messed up things have been happening for thousands of years. (laughs) Darkness is not new to the earth. (laughs) I promise. God is not taken by surprise. He has a plan. And I believe that a big part of that is for us to look like healthy family so that the world can look and say, oh, that's what it looks like. Let us fall in line with with the way we were created to be. Because it's going to be attractive. Because 
Health is attractive to people because love is. If you would stand, stand with me. Anybody feeling the pruning process happening in your life? <laughs> it's good. It's a good sign. Pruning's happening means I'm abiding. We just embrace this. When you are doing this in family, you know that you're not doing it alone. One of the number one things that the enemy tries to get us believe is to believe is that we're the only one. <laughs> I've had so many conversations with people. Thought, they said, man, I thought I, was the, I thought I was the only one that was dealing with this. I'm like, you get in a room full of 50 people in any room with any people and somebody's dealing with that same thing in that room. It's part of the process. It's part of refinement. It's part of getting healthier. So thank you for being willing to embrace the process. Thank you for being courageous enough to say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to become everything Jesus sees me at at all costs. It's worth it because it's not just for me. It's not just for my kids. It's for my kids as kids as kids as kids. Come on. We're going to start thinking generationally because that's what we were created to do. We were created to impact generations. It's one of the reasons we're alive. <laughs> that excites me. So, Father, thank you that we get to embrace this process. Thank you that you have poured out the grace for the process. And thank you that you are fine-tuning us as you prune us. You're fine-tuning our beliefs. you've given us practical strategy for this. You've shown us how simple it is. Though it doesn't feel good, I pray that each one of us will be able to get proper perspective that this is way bigger than us. This is way bigger than our generation. Way bigger than what we're dreaming for way bigger than what we can even pray for at the moment. So I pray that hope rises, even in this moment, that hope rises to an all-time high as our perspective is shifted, that we all realize that we're not in this alone, that you're with us, that we're in it together as family, and that we are getting healthier I pray you help each one of us to celebrate as we're being pruned. Help us to celebrate the areas of growth that we already have. Help us to focus in on those places that we are growing and have grown. Help us to remember that. It's so easy to lose sight of it in the pruning process. So we invite this into our lives. We say more, God. We want to be containers that not just steward well, but actually able to see increase, exponential increase in our lifetime more than any other generation has ever seen. For your glory, Jesus, for the world to see who you are, that you love them, that you're kind, that you're good, that you're a good father. We want the world to see who you really are. So we say yes to this process. So at the end of the day, it's really not about us. We say yes to the process. Die to everything we need to. I thank you that you're helping us to trust and ultimately abide in you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for taking those areas of our beliefs into a new place where we where we want to grow and trust. I know everybody in this room, everybody that's watching wants to trust you more. We all do. 
So I thank you that you're, you're taking care of that Holy Spirit. We're just going to keep on saying yes. Every single day, keep on saying yes. And allow these little things, seemingly insignificant things, to refine us more into our nature and character as your kids. Our divine nature that we've been born again into. I bless what you're doing in every life, every family. I bless the legacy that every person is created to live and leave. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Thank you for a room full of world changers, Lord. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Pray that we begin to see ourselves the way that you do, clearer than ever before. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks, Lord. Prayer team, will you, will you come up? Yeah. Thanks, Jesus. You guys need prayer for anything, healing, or you want somebody to partner with you for, for whatever you got going on in your life? We got a whole group of people up here that want to pray with you. If you want to hang out in this moment with Jesus, he's doing something. Don't worry about going anywhere. We're not rushing you out of here. Some of you may need to leave, though, so we bless you guys. We thank you for spending, spending some of your Sunday with us. Before you take off, I encourage you to meet somebody, introduce yourself to somebody you haven't before. Yeah, we expect your week to be the most incredible week you've ever had. Keep on saying yes. We'll keep on seeing how good he is and everything that we get to be a part of in the earth. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.org.